Hey, man. What's up? Oh, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Charles Ponzi? Like the original Ponzi scheme? Is that what this is? Yeah. Really? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's the guy it's named after. Charles I would Ponzi. hate for something Who? like that to be named after me, you know? I mean, unless like you thought unless of you it. did it like if you thought of that, like you'd be pretty proud. Here's a picture of him. Uh, I just want to acknowledge how terrifying his eyes look in this. This Honestly, is the music man. <laughs> this is straight up just for a listener like picture Harold <laughs> Hill the music man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I didn't realize that's is that the time era that the Ponzi scheme was running. Yeah, yeah was like the what the thirties and forties. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah so this is Charles Ponzi. Yeah, uh, he was born in uh, 1882 sure Mark started 1882 uh, in uh, Italy uh, to parents who were not wealthy, but grandparents who were um, <clears throat> so it was like a his family was a wealthy like aristocratical family and uh-huh. is that how you use that aristocratical? Sure. yeah, no, we can tell how poor you are <laughs> aristocratical family who like was disgraced. We aristocrats. We like, know how to say it. <laughs> And we know <laughs> when you're not saying it correctly, you know. Cool, uh, <laughs> gas stove guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they. I don't know what kind of stoves in my kitchen. <laughs> I have a chef. <laughs> I don't know what kind of stoves in my kitchen. I have a microwave. <laughs> oh, okay, over there, jeez. That's all terrible. Man, you got whipped by that. Could you cut this and roll the theme song somewhere <laughs> earlier and just cut this part out? How many years of your life would you give for this podcast to be your full-time job? In prison? Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Great. How good is your pirate accent? The ordering, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> that was not good. Things I learned last night. Uh, so uh, Charles Ponzi, his family was a wealthy family. Sure, but by the time he was born, they weren't anymore. Uh, they were kind of disgraced, uh, little you know, um, falling stars, right? Okay, um, and he hated that. He hated being a uh, poor person. He hated it, um, and uh, all through his childhood, he was like scheming on ways he could get rich. And it wasn't sure. like a like he never was like an honest like I want to get a job that does well. He was like I want to steal stuff. Um, <laughs> You know, like that kind of guy. Yeah. Just not a, you know. Um, and so he goes to college, and in college, instead of like investing in his studies and all this stuff, he uh, uh, he got pays a look like to go to his classes. <laughs> he uh, he uh, took the money that his parents uh, were trying to pay for his college, and just bought like fancy suits and went and partied with all the rich kids at the school, and like lived this fake lifestyle like he was one of them. Um, even though so he was not going to college. (laughs) So he was he went to college, but he wasn't enrolled, but like I mean, I think he enrolled, but he never paid anything. So he probably wasn't enrolled. Sure. Like he probably quickly was put on probation. Sure, but he still like showed up and acted like he was part of it and then yeah, went to the parties, bought the nice clothes and then after his four year vacation ended, he uh, was like, well, now I need to do something like for real. Like my parents aren't giving me the money anymore. I got to make something of my life. So he goes to the US um, and he starts working odd jobs in Boston and um, he actually uh, can't hold a job because he keeps like uh, screwing it up. Sure. <laughs> he's trying to 
skim a little off the top of all of his paychecks or he was a waiter for a little bit and he kept trying to squeeze more money like he would raise the bill and so like sure, go to them and sure, be like sure, you sure. owe fifteen dollars instead of fourteen and yeah. back then that was huge um, <laughs> uh, and so stuff like that he actually served a small stint in prison um, for check oh, fraud geez. during this time because he was. Um, he went into his boss's office to ask a question and he saw that his paycheck was there. And so he just changed the paycheck amount um, and he got caught and went to prison for it for check fraud for a minute. Wow. Um, so sketchy guy, right? After he gets out of prison, he moves to Canada and says, didn't work here. New country. That's kind of his game. We tried obviously. in Canada. Yeah, we'll sure. try a new. And so while I was in Canada, this was when um, <laughs> he met uh, Benko Zorosi, who is someone that he very clearly admired. Um, based okay. on what he did later in his life. Uh, because Banco Sarosi, Cer- uh, surprise, owned a bank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Banco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> suspicious. We'll put that in the might be suspicious column. Hey, what's your name? Oh, you okay? Oh, you okay over there? Jeez. That's all terrible. Man, you got whipped by that. Yeah, I did. Um, Jeez. What's your name? Car Washo. I can't laugh at your jokes thing? right now. I have a swollen a, lip. What's the worst thing? Is it bleeding? No. Yeah. No, it's not. You're good. All right. What sucks is it hit that cold sore. Oof. That's where I'm like, hmm. Why do you have a cold sore? Or not the cold sort from the. Remember, I told yeah, you I, I was know, brushing you my teeth. Yeah, just. We're gonna cut the whole thing out. <laughs> you can make your car wash joke again. Okay, ready? Try it. Hey, what's your name? Car, car wash show. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> uh, so, what's your name? Pepsi. Pepsi. <laughs> Oh, like the brand? Did they name you after the brand? I own the brand. Yes. <laughs> I named the brand His after name's me. Banco. Banco. Uh, B-A-N-C-O. Sounds, Banco. and I want to draw a picture of what I think he looks like. Um, very large mustache, mono, like a monocle, mm-hmm. you know, like a very large Monopoly man guy, <laughs> you know, just like a cartoon villain. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if we have pictures of Banco Zorosi. Yeah, I know. He wiped him from the internet. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. Um, yeah, Banco Zorosi uh, owned a bank in Canada. Okay. In an area of Canada where there was a, uh, a large Italian migrant population. Um, and what he was doing is he was doing real estate loans. Okay. Um, and it was a Ponzi scheme uh, before, before Ponzi schemes Ponzi had the name it. Ponzi scheme. Um, Banco was doing it. Banco was doing it. So really, it's a Banco scheme. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just a smaller scale than what Ponzi ended up doing. Um, so Banco, if you don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, uh, it's actually it, Ponzi wasn't even close to the first person to do this. We have record of this yeah. going back. Uh, depending on who you look at, um, some people will tell you like the 1600s, but some people will tell you it goes back to uh, the Bible um, because the phrase robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, I mean, obviously not the Bible, but shortly after the Bible was written early, like sure. Catholic Europe um, or Catholic Rome, Roman Catholic. I don't know. One of us has a degree. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's where they think the phrase robbing Peter to pay Paul came from because they 
that was a culture where everything was the disciples. And so they think that the Peter and the Paul are the disciples. Sure. Um, I don't know. But so they think the scheme might date back further than, but the okay. earliest recorded Ponzi scheme we have is like the 1600s. But it, it was the same thing. This guy was selling these real estate loans and then he was, or it wasn't real estate loans, real estate investments. Um, and then people could invest in real estate and then he would pay people their investment back uh, with ever, whoever the last person was who paid, who invested. Sure. Um, <clears throat> pretty common scheme that had been around for a long time. Um, and Charles Ponzi uh, got really good at selling these. Uh, and so he was actually moving up in the bank. And I don't think Charles knew it wasn't legal. Um, okay. He was just doing what the bank was doing. Yeah. He was an employee of the bank. Sure. He got really good at selling these things. Yeah. Um, and that was becoming successful, moving up and eventually became a manager at this bank. And then, uh, news kind of broke that these uh, investment opportunities were fraudulent. And so Banco fled the country uh, and then the bank obviously got shut down. And so then uh, Charles did something he was good at and he left the country as well uh, <laughs> and started looking for other opportunities. So he bounced around a few other jobs until eventually he was like, hey, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can run my own scheme. Yeah, I think I can. I, I know. I, can, that, I know that me and the bank guy both just got chased out of a country for doing this. But what if? <laughs> what if I just did that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he. Uh, oh, you know what? He did get arrested. <laughs> in Canada? Yeah. So he got arrested in Canada. Served some time. The uh, Mounties got him. Yeah, pled guilty. Um, He's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, he pled guilty. It actually says uh, that. Uh, <laughs> when uh, the police came into the bank and he said, I'm guilty and put his wrists out. Uh, and so no prompting. Yeah, <laughs> the police walked in. Was and and he was like, like, hello, he was, we would like, he was like helping somebody with a home loan and all that stuff. And then like the just police walk <laughs> in and he goes, can you give me one second? I'll be right back. <laughs> hello, fellows. <laughs> hello, I am. Put me in jail. I'm Gilto. I'm <laughs> Gilto. <laughs> That's my first name, and I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm Gilto. I'm yeah. Gilto the guilty. <laughs> Gilto the guilt. I did it. Uh, yeah. So he goes to jail. Uh, spends a couple years in jail for it's this. It's me, Gilto. <laughs> <laughs> He's Italian. So he goes to jail or whatever. Uh, it comes to the U.S. Right. Sure. This is the interesting thing. Um, he he. Bounces around a couple jobs, works at a mining camp in Boston, um, does a couple of things, and then he's like, you know what? I, I need to be rich. I'm, <laughs> I- <laughs> hey, thanks for checking out Things I Learned Last Night. If you're enjoying this, we have a ton of episodes. We've been doing this for a few years now, uh, so make sure you go back, check them out. Uh, my current favorite is Elmer McCurdy. Uh, it's a story about a guy who was born in 1890, died in 1910, and was buried in 1976, which is just weird. Uh, the story is absolutely bonkers. I don't want to give too much away, but it was a super fun one. We loved it. Uh, make sure you check that one out. But again, thanks for checking out things I learned last night. This episode is brought to you by Miracle Made. 
Hey, summer's here, and what that means is it's starting to get warmer at night. And if you're anything like me, that means you're waking up all night long covered in a whole lot of sweat. We're all friends here. We can be honest with each other. And if that's you, I recommend you check out Miracle Made. Miracle Made is crazy because their sheets are inspired by NASA. They have this silver-infused fabric, and it regulates temperature, which means if it's too hot at night, it helps keep you cool. And if it's too cold at night, it helps keep you warm. And it does this all night long. It's really, really cool. And the wild thing is they are luxuriously comfortable and they don't have the high price tag of a lot of other luxury brands out there. So you can feel a lot nicer in these than you would with sheets that you'd find at a lot of five-star hotels. It's crazy. Go to trymiracle.com slash Tillin to try Miracle Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a friend or a loved one, if you order right now, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code Tillin, that's T-I-L-L. In at checkout, you'll get three free towels and you'll save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product that it's backed by a 30 day money back guarantee, which means if you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Tillin and use the code Tillin to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Tillin to treat yourself. Thanks again to Miracle Made for sponsoring this episode. And so he uh, realizes there's these things called IRCs, uh, which are international reply coupons. Um, basically, what they are is it's like a um, promissory note for a stamp. Yeah. And what was interesting about it is if you bought a one of these IRCs in the U.S., you were buying it for the value of a U.S. stamp. You could then go sell that in a different country, and you could uh, sell it for the value of the stamp in that country. So, in theory, if you could buy it at a country whose economy was worse than one economy, you could sell it at another country for a profit because you're selling it for the value yeah. of it in each country. And so he realized that the value of, I think it was Israeli IRCs, were very low. And so he's like, we can go buy a bunch of those sell them in the U.S., and you can make a profit. And so we started going to investors and saying, hey, we've got, I, have I got a deal for you? Now, remember, he's good at this sales thing. He, he was, yeah, he looks like it. He's, he rolls into town, right? <laughs> rolls into town with his little briefcase, right? He rolls yeah. in on the train. <laughs> Painting a picture. If you can put some, like, good music behind me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard. We're straight on into... Connecticut, right? And so he's going into Connecticut, Connecticut the small town. <laughs> rolls in with his briefcase, and he's rolling through. There's an opening number, like dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, dun. it's a waltz, you know, just for your reference. Okay, and so he's walking in, meets a fine librarian, right? And he's like, right? And then uh, falls in love with her. Uh, now he's conflicted because he wants to scam her, but he also wants to make out with her, right? And so he's like, I can do both. Which you, which you can, by the way. Uh, that's what I'm doing to my fiance right now. And so, uh, scamming her. And uh, but yeah, he rolls in. He's very good, smooth, yeah. smooth with the words. He says, "Here's here's a deal. You gotta buy however many Israeli uh, IRCs. For how much money are they dealing with? What's the profit margin we're we're talking? It's very low. It's very okay. low. But um, how many? What is the conversion rate of American IRCs, Israeli IRCs? And then Pepsi points. Uh, so you're talking from 
Israeli IRCs to American IRCs, um, you're talking a few cents. From American IRCs to Pepsi points, you're talking 700 million. Okay. Points. Points. Dollars. Points in dollars. Point five. Point, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he he's selling all these and, and going to people, but what he's offering, what, you, he's you, offering you, much more than what is possible. Okay. So he's saying, you'll, you, if you let me hold it and do this arbitrage and sell it for you, then I can get you a 50% return on your investment in 30 days. Or if you let me hold it for 90 days, I can get you a hundred percent return in 90 days on it. And so he's like, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of these and I'm going to sell them and get a better rate. And that's how this works. Um, and all he was doing, it was a typical Ponzi scheme. So he's going and he's getting a big batch of investors, having a total of, I don't know, $5,000 invested in and then holding that for 30 days. Meanwhile, he goes and he gets $2,500 invested and goes back to those first people who said in 30 days, I'll get you 50% of your investment back. And he gives them that part. And then he's taking, he's skimming his piece off the top and that's what he's living off of. And he's just growing this operation. And that's what is tough about Ponzi schemes is every time you do this, every iteration you do this, it gets bigger and bigger. So he's not actually doing any of the, no, he's not. Yeah. He's not even buying the stamps at all. Yeah. If, if he was, I mean, that's what it's called. It's called arbitrage, which is a totally legal thing, right? It's a, it's a great do your thing. It's a a movement of, of money to purchase an item to then sell it. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not doing any of that. He's he's not buying. There's no stamps. Um, he's just, yeah, pulling it. And so like, if he was going to go in that first example, if he brought 5,000 in said in 30 days, I'll get you, I'll get you $2,500. He was going and he found someone to put 5,000 in. He gave that first person 2,500 kept 2,500. And then he would have to go find another 2,500 to give to that next person. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And so he's doing this over and over again um, to the point where it's ballooning out and he actually goes and he gets an office in New York City and it becomes really popular because he's offering these massive returns and he's delivering delivering on it in 30 days, 90 days, people are getting 50%, 100% returns on their investment because he is able to build this reputation that he is kind of like some magic arbitrage monster <laughs> who can go pull off this crazy feats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, he's living this crazy, crazy lifestyle. I, I guess I just don't see the room. Like how, where's the room for you taking stuff off the top? So, so yeah. So if, if he sold 5,000 to the first people, right? If, if, they were a 90 day deal, then he would go sell 10 K and then he would give 5 K to them. Keep 5 K. Yeah, but now he's got he owes them a lot more. Yeah, now he knows that owes that next person 10 K. So he has to go find someone who can pay 10 K or 15 K. So he 15, can keep five 000. and keep 10. That's the problem with the Ponzi scheme is it always gets bigger. There always has to be someone else in line that can give you more than the last person gave you. Right. Uh, but also, you're never going to run out. <clears throat> you're never going to catch up. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. The concept is is you, you have to always have another person in line that you can pay the last person in line with. Which is why these always end up blowing up. Yeah, in, but in I don't understand why you would do it. Because you're not smart. It's a get okay. rich quick stream that get rich quick scheme that's always employed by these people who are like very enamored with money and appearances and stuff, but not 
long term intelligent. <laughs> okay, yeah, they, they can't think and realize. Oh, hey, eventually I'm going to run out of a way to pay this. Off. I honestly thought that we were going to talk about Ponzi schemes, and I was going to understand. I was like, oh yeah, that's how they make money. I've understood Ponzi schemes the whole time. Then because I was like, I was like, I yeah, it's stupid. Literally, I th- I've been sitting here going like forever. I've been like, well, how does that? That doesn't make any sense it at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it it'll work for a while. And yeah. you can live this crazy lifestyle for a while, but it always the bubble always pops on them, and then they can't get someone to pay the last person, and then people realize, oh, this is a Ponzi mm-hmm. scheme. <laughs> That's what always happens. But I mean, the only person who, yeah, the person who has to eat it is the last investor. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because he's he's he was delivering on all these things. Sure. People were lining up to yeah. invest with him. Um, it, the from the uh, middle class to the upper like the elites in New York were showing up and being like, hey, yeah, flip my million dollars in stamps. Um, let's freaking go. But they bro. benefit from it. Well, that's so really what you <laughs> want to do is you want to find someone who's running a Ponzi scheme and you want to milk them. You want to get there early because <laughs> I mean they're they are getting their money doubled. They are uh, it, it, the, the, the tough thing is you don't know when it's going to fall. It's like a Jenga tower. You don't know it if you're gonna be the last one who yeah, gets your brick risk though. Yeah. Do you think they all know what's going on? You think they're all like <laughs> 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 they might. The Wall Street execs, like the people who people knew, who are smart the have gotta knew, be like they might have known. Okay. They might have known. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean we'll do yeah. fifty million dollars. <laughs> uh so he he bought this office on Wall Street. That's what I'm saying. How, yeah. This big office, uh, uh furnished it. It was Bougie as bougie can be. You saw how he was dressed, um, and he hires the staff, uh, and uh, and then he he started going crazy with his offering. He was like, "We can get you a four hundred percent return on your investment." And so then he was going and he was asking these massive investments, knowing he's going to have to pay that back and then bring in even bigger ones. Um, and he was, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm conflicted on this part of the story because I feel like he had to know that this wasn't legit because obviously That's he wasn't saying, buying like, stamps. He's got to be like he yeah, wasn't buying any stamps, but what happened was he went um, to hold on. Let me figure out where But honestly from. at any point he could have just made it legitimate by buying stamps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, Short answer, not really. Um, All right, but we'll, we'll get because to that the margin story. wasn't there. Yeah. So well, well, yeah. For what he was promising. Yeah, that's true. But there's another reason. Oh, okay. Um, and we'll get to that. He hired he hired a guy. Um, a uh, gosh, I'm trying to figure. Okay, he hired a dude um, who worked for the Boston Post to chronicle his life because he was like, I'm a super successful businessman, which I want you to follow me you, around. I mean, that's and the modern day. I mean, it's the it's the the hiring a documentarian to follow you around, <laughs> you know, is you got to hire a guy with a typewriter. To yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, to just which pirates had that though, didn't they? What captains of ships had like uh, first mates? Yeah, not not the first mates. I had a real job, but they they always had like a uh, a scribe or somebody who was uh, following who, them around. Interesting. I mean, Jesus had them. The disciples. Yeah. Hey, okay. Random. Who were writing hey, down? I was thinking about this the other day. Great. How good is your pirate accent? The ordering, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> that was not good. 
<laughs> no. The Yarg was good. Arg. Yarg. Yarg, matey. Yours is terrible. Yarg. Yarg, matey. Yarg, matey. What, what's, what's accent? What nationality is a pirate? Uh, Like Irish. Yarg, me matey. Yarg. Yarg, matey. Ah, I don't know. I'm trying to think SpongeBob. Speaking of SpongeBob. <laughs> Holy crap, bro. Holy crap, Yeah, you got bro. way too excited. No, this is so funny. I went home. I came home today to my apartment. <laughs> okay. All the lights are off. It's dark in my apartment. So I am safe to assume that I'm, you know, just there's my cats chilling. Yeah. And then I hear something in my in the other room. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And I get up and I didn't know that Reagan had come to my apartment and was on the Peloton. Oh God. And I walk in and she's on the Peloton just watching SpongeBob <laughs> while she's Pelotoning. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't even know she was there. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane behavior. <laughs> just she. I mean, I have the little desk that goes on your on the bike, so yeah. I can set my iPad up and like laptop and get some work done. Professionals use it. It's got a little coffee cup holder on it, you know. Oh god! And so does my seven-year-old fiance. <laughs> 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 okay, so. <laughs> Imagine if it wasn't Ray, though. Imagine if it was a stranger in my <laughs> home in on my house. Peloton. Like, oh, sweet, a Peloton. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, oh, time to cook up my favorite episode. It's the paint episode, you know? <laughs> Hey, thanks again for being here for this episode. If you want to help us make more of these, we have a Patreon that you can support us on. We don't make money from this personally. All the money from Patreon goes straight back into our show, helps us to create better episodes, get our better production quality. Uh, but more than anything, we're just so glad that you're here. So thank you so much for supporting our show. And if you want early access and be part of our Discord, please consider supporting us on Patreon. But other than that, we just want to say thanks again. So this guy, uh, this guy starts chronicling everything that's happening sure. in Ponzi's business. Um, did you say you were thinking about pirate accents the other day? You didn't. You didn't follow that up, did you? You were like, I was thinking about this the other day. How could your pirate accent? And then you, I told my SpongeBob story, and you were like, I got out of that. What are you talking about? You were thinking about that the other day. I was just curious how good your pirate accent was. Okay, because mine's not great. I recognize that. I want to work. In what on context it. I get a did you bit try? At it. Did you try it? And then you went. That oh, wasn't great. I wonder how good Jaren's is. <laughs> I need to know. There's a more backstory you're holding back from here. I was at the bank. <laughs> That's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get Yarg. to what it really is. Yarg, matey. <laughs> No, it was a kids' church thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, that you know, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's normal. Uh, so he hires this dude from the Boston Post, and this dude is kind of chronicling his life. Okay. At the time that he was doing this, Ponzi was raking in two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. A um, day? Personally, he was taking two hundred fifty thousand dollars a day. So this guy, at, and that that this is nineteen twenty. So he is living in absolutely bonkers lifestyle. Um, Cause he's like blowing through it all. Do you know, you know the final amount when it comes yeah. crashing down? Yeah. Okay. Save it for later, mm -hmm. but I'm in my head. I go, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's gotta be like hundred million dollars in the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so he starts chronicling it, which is and so the guy, stupid. Like if you're smart enough to keep track, yeah, because you got to pay everyone back what you yeah. what you promised them. Yeah, so you're obviously keeping track. Yeah, you know. Okay, go ahead. And so the Boston Post guy is following him around, and he starts to realize what it is. He, he you know, he does. He 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 asks. <laughs> he asks Charles. He says, "Hey." Where are the stamps? Where are all these, you know, the things that you're selling? And he's like, oh, they're, you know. <laughs> and so this guy from the Boston Post sits down and he starts doing some research. Mm-hmm. Um, and he realizes the amount of investors that Charles Ponzi has taken on. Sure. That he would every day from Europe and Israel, all, all these countries he was now selling these notes from uh, he would be bringing titanic sized ships filled to the brim with these stamps every single if it day were legit. if it were legit um, and at that point the shipping cost of that would be so high that he could not be turning a profit on top of that this Boston Post guy did some research and found out that there was only oh yeah I guess you couldn't ship them yeah there, he, I didn't even think about the shipping <laughs> cost. The, I'm the bo- thinking two day air. <laughs> two day air. <laughs> um, so he this, this, is this the same thing? Is drop shipping a scam? What do you mean? Drop shipping is a scam, right? Like, like the whole art of drop shipping is is just scamming. I don't. It can be, but not always. Not. It's just. It's just. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think I know what you, you mean. I mean, there's no need for drop shippers to exist. Right, because all they're doing is they're setting up a website, selling a product, and then routing that sale to another website that fulfills the product. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, speaking of drop shipping, we have merch. They're like Tillin a- <laughs> merch. If you go to merch.tillin.com, I think it's can, shop. We could set up merch. We can set can, up both. Up. You can drop ship some of our merch. Yeah. Um, it's a scam. <laughs> I think it's it's just like a car salesman. It's a middleman. There's no it's need a for it. Okay. They market okay, okay, it. They okay. do the sale. You know. So, but I was just thinking work. like the shipping cost of these things. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, this guy also <laughs> did the research to figure out. Okay, let's say let's humor him. Let's say he is shipping this sure. much across the ocean every day. Um, what's what's out there? How much is out there? And he did the math. He calculated. There's fifty three thousand of these notes that exist. Total. <laughs> Total. And he's, and he's selling like, how many of them a day? Oh, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> and he's like, there's no way that he's pulling this off. And so the Boston Post guy goes and he writes an article. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this Ponzi guy, he's a liar. And just puts out the numbers, puts out what he's found, says that, hey, I've been in the office. There's no stamps anywhere. They're not doing any of this. They're scamming you guys. And then that day, uh, all these people show up at his office to be like, Hey, I want to pull my money out. I want to pull my money out. Like give me my money back and he doesn't have it. Yeah. So he goes to the bank where he's been housing all his money was is a local bank on Hanover street. Ironically called the Hanover trust bank. Makes sense. Uh, so, uh, and he goes in there and uh, he's like, he's like, I, I need to pull $15 million out and they only have 3 million on hand. And so he goes and he's able to pay back $3 million worth of to investors. But, he owed significantly more than that. Right. Um, 
And so this is kind of where the bubble burst for him. Everybody realized it was not real, um, was trying to get their money back. He couldn't get it back. He actually crippled that bank uh, withdrawing yeah. too much money at once from them, and they weren't able to bounce back from it. And then, So he put that bank out of business. He put that bank out of business that he was banking from. And then obviously all of those investors that were there at the time who had money in there, they didn't get their money back. Um, and so he got arrested. Um, he served. Yeah. He got arrested. His charge, ironically, so he had $34 million uh, that, that was he invested. Owed? That he, yeah, $34 million was invested. Um, and he had paid back like $3 million up from that withdrawal. Um, somehow he was only given five years of prison time, which seems grossly under what he should have. Seems pretty fair to me. But ironic, not ironically. Uh, well, how much, again, you get, you get to spend $30 million. <laughs> Is it worth five years in prison? I mean, he lived a crazy life. Five or, years of your life? Yeah. Yeah, five years of your life. I think he did it for, let's see, how long was how this? How many years of your life would you give for this podcast to be your full-time job? In prison? Yeah. Oof. What would you do? Uh, Probably like 20. No, you I would do 20. No, you won't. Yeah, could I listen to the podcast when I'm in prison? You would listen to it? Could I? That's weird. That's weird. You you would do this. I would do this, and, <laughs> and then, then the last like, 20 years of my life, I vicariously live off the memory. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's crazy. I don't know. Have you ever watched 60 Days In? No. I want to go in cold. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be thrown into prison. I don't no want idea to what any... to expect. Here's what I've learned. From I think if you go in with too many preconceived notions, you end up, you know, doing dumb stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to go in blind. You got to forge your own path. That's what I've noticed because because I've watched almost every season of six days in and they go in and they punch the biggest person. Every the biggest prison, person could have could have really helped them. Every prison's different though. Sure. Like some of them. Some of them look like the absolute worst experience of your life. Sure. Some of them look like pretty okay. It's a little uncomfortable, but ah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then yeah, they're all different culturally, like what you can and can't do, what you can and can't say, who you're allowed to be around, um, who you're allowed to engage. Like the culture is always different. Sure. And it can, if you don't pick up on it quickly and fall in line, it's a rough experience for you. I don't know. Yeah. It's out of context, I'm going to clip that. Out of context, were we talking about prisons or church? <laughs> That's tough. Guess in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Prison scares the heck out of me, though. After watching it, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's. All right, so he gave up five years of his life. He just spent thirty million dollars, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. So he had about a year of the fun. You give up your possessions, up. huh? If you go to prison for five years, do you lose all your possessions? I'm sure. No, I think there's a locker they put it in. <laughs> I'm sure you lose a lot. No, of them, right? I don't think so. Because I think I think I've heard of like people like. They go to prison and they had like a family member take care of their house while they were in. Oh, okay. But I think it depends on what you go for. Because I know for him, like he had to pay back as much as he so could. He had to liquidate a lot they of liquidated stuff. Liquidated everything, yeah. and then and then he went to prison. So he came out. He had nothing. Um, and so, uh, but what's wild is this is where the Security Exchange Commission came from. This happened, and they were like, we probably should have like something in the government that watches out for stuff like this and yeah. covers this stuff. And so it was born from. Um, 
The SEC? Yep. This whole And then and how did they branch into college football? <laughs> they uh, they realized it was hard to recruit employees. Mm, they were like, we can get some college we, yeah. kids in this. If we yeah, had yeah, some yeah, kids yeah. involved in this, that would help a lot. Um, so uh, he got out of prison after three years on good behavior. Um, and so he got out and he went to Florida. And in Florida, he started selling swampland um, that he didn't own uh, or have any right to sell. And people really quickly were like, "Hey, aren't you that guy who like went to prison for stealing like thirty six million dollars from people for he's doing something like, very similar?" He's like, yes, but I've turned my life around. Yeah, he was speaking like, of turning around. I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. Of the I'm, guilty. Uh, it's a me, guilto, <laughs> arg. <laughs> so he gets arrested again. Again? Uh, yeah, he got arrested again for this scam. Uh, and uh, his wife left him after this one. His wife didn't leave him after the first one. Um, yeah, his wife was like, hold on. We can get yeah, through this though. Yeah, and then he does it again and she's like, okay, you have a problem. Uh, and so he goes to to prison um, again uh, and then he goes to Italy after he gets out of prison this time um, where he uh, spent the rest of his life as kind of a vagabond working odd jobs and being a drunk. Wow. Um, Telling great tales of the life he lived. Probably. Yeah. Nobody believed him. I'm sure. <laughs> Nobody in the Italy believed him. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's Charles Ponzi. Uh, crazy man. We named this scam after him um, because he, he did it to the highest. Million dollars. What year was that? Uh, 1920. Worth a lot. Yeah. How much is that now? Well, I don't know. $30 that's million dollars in 1920 is 1.2 billion. Let's see. That's my guess. Uh, $445 million. Mm. A lot was, of money. I was, I was pretty close. No, you weren't. Yep. <laughs> I was like right on the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Charles Ponzi. Oh, I almost forgot my favorite part about his life. (laughs) Before his scheme. You don't get to remember things. Before his scheme. This is the best part. Before his scheme, uh, he was was working in Boston at a mining camp. Okay. uh, And there was a nurse on the camp uh, who was involved in an accident. And she got really severe burns on her back and her arms. Jeez. And this is your favorite part. Yeah. Charles Ponzi. Uh, uh, this is crazy. I didn't know you could do this. Uh, donated 120 square inches of his skin to the nurse uh, because of her burns, um, which is insane. I didn't know that was an option. I don't think it is now. I think you're not. I think I think it's not good. Um, and how, what, how do you so uh, she she took his skin. That? She took his skin. I, you slice it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so she took his skin, and it resulted in pleurisy, uh, pleurisy. I don't know how to pronounce it. Did she die? Uh, which is like an inf- inflammation thing, um, and gives you all these like health complications. And so because of that. This is how ruthless the twenties were. Because of that, she wasn't able to perform her job. So they fired Ponzi. They said you made her worthless to us, so you're fired. <laughs> Which is so just like this dude was trying to be a good. That was the one time he tried to be a good person. 
which is maybe yeah. why he went and did the skin. I mean, I gave her the skin off my back. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how they repay me. Baby. He's like, I'm going to get that guy to invest. I wow. got it. That's Stamps. how villains are born. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. Villains are rich. Villains are rich. You're right. It checks out. But anyways, um, yeah, that's that's Charles Ponzi. We can end now. Wow. You can fiddle him off if you want. Things Alone Last Night is a production of Space Tim Media. Produced by Christian Taylor. Audio is edited by Alex Garnett. Video by Connor Betts. Social media is run by Caleb Walker. And graphic design by Caleb Goldberg. Our hosts are Jaron Myers and Tim Stone. Please follow us on social media at Tillin Podcast. That's T-I-L-L-N Podcast. Leave a review, comment, subscribe, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to Things Alone Last Night.